name is Jacek Siwko and I'm your host in a delicious podcast. This is episode number 10 and as every episode before, this one is also brought to you by deliciouspresets.com, tools that make your post-production in Lightroom faster, easier and more efficient. I've been very busy last couple weeks, I've been moving my office to the new place and maybe this subject will appear in a podcast later on. But to be honest, I must admit that taking this step for me was very brave move because before that I was running my studio from home office for the seven years and right now it's just like new chapter for me. So I'll share the experience later on for sure. Today I'm going to introduce you to Tomasz Kornas. Polish photographer who's living in Ireland and this guy is absolutely crazy. He's shooting 75 weddings per year. At least this year he's shooting this number of weddings and apart from shooting weddings, he's also organizing a conference called Islanders for wedding photographers and videographers. We'll also talk about it in a conversation with Tomasz, so without further delay, I would like to jump into the conversation. Have fun. Okay, hello guys. My name is Jacek Siwko and I'm with Tomasz Kornas. Hello, Tomasz. Hey, Jacek. How are you doing? Great to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. Last time we were talking in Polish podcast, Niezły Aparaty, you remember, it was a couple months ago. It was before this wedding season. So how is it going with your weddings? How many weddings you have left to do? So, yeah. So, so I remember we spoke about my season being extremely busy. So this year I had almost 80 at that stage. Uh, 80 weddings? 80 weddings this year. Yes, 80 weddings. Oh my God. Uh, I have left 12 now to finish off. Now November is kind of quiet for me. So it's going to be a good time to relax and chill out before the December comes in. So there are plenty of December weddings around Christmas. I remember the first plan of yours was to shoot around 75 and you said 80. So you, you signed a couple more, right? Yeah. So there were a couple of couples that were kind of willing to book me for their weddings kind of on a short term basis. So I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, if I'm busy this year, like, a few extra weddings won't hurt me. <laughs> Yes, I know few people that shooting around 10 weddings and they are saying they are very busy and comparing to the number of weddings that you shoot, it's like nothing. And how do you work, you know, with so many assignments? Do you work alone or you hired someone to help you with this work? Yeah, so so because I undertook extra projects this year apart from weddings and that we're going to talk about later. Yeah, so I decided to hire an editor, in-house editor. So he's come to me once or twice a week and he helps me to go through the weddings. My process for each wedding will be very same. So I would call wedding, I would hand it over to my editor, which he would then look after the exposure, coloring and so on. I would go back and look after what he did and then he would take care of all the rest, which is my packaging of the USB, slideshow, sending USB and so on. So it's so kind of the workflow that I built around each wedding is very efficient. So yeah, he's a great help to me and so I can focus on other projects and again, spend some time with the family as well because we can't just work 24-7 all the time. You know? Of course, you are not hiring no one to just go with your wife to the shopping mall. Yeah, that's correct. You know, <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> yeah, because I imagine, you know, like being so busy, it's like, okay, you don't have that much time to family. And I remember last time we 
were speaking with each other and we released this podcast, there was a huge discussion on the group. A lot of people were saying that, oh my God, this guy is shooting 75 weddings per year. So that means he doesn't have any time for family. And I know you are a father and also a husband. And yeah, and even your wife were, you know, part of this discussion. Yeah, it was quite interesting to see that discussion develop. People were kind of saying that my family is destroyed or, <laughs> or I don't have a time for family because I work all the time, which is entirely untrue. Again, it's just about efficient workflow and having all the processes of running your business in a very efficient way that you're not wasting time on unnecessary things and you just actually focus on getting the job done, close the computer and then go and enjoy the rest of the day with your family. So yeah. I think it's the most common problem for people nowadays in the 21st century that they are not physically in the right moment, you know, because what I'm saying is that, okay, you are at the house, you are present at the house, but you are constantly looking at the computer, you're constantly checking your iPhone messages, and okay, your kids are playing around, and you are not, uh, you know, putting your attention right there. Yeah, like, to be honest, I learned this year to put away phone altogether. So like, I wanted to put measures that when I'm having a time with my family, it's 100% to them and not to anything else. So silly things like removing Facebook from your phone and not getting involved in too many discussions on Facebook and just kind of, as you said, just kind of step back, enjoy the moment and be in the moment. I think that helps a lot. And same thing with when you work, it's really important to get rid of any distractions. So what I mean by distractions is your social media, TV, whatever goes in the background that it can actually stop you from doing work quicker. It is hard. It is because like society today is... Facebook, Instagram, it's all that. And it's really hard to say, hey, I'm not going to be part of that. I want to kind of go my flow and I want to enjoy my life. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm in this situation right now that we are waiting for the third child to be born. And yeah, thanks. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm thinking like, what should I do? Because for the seven years, I've been running my company from my house. And right now is the situation that I figured this, that I'm not, you know, putting that much attention to the work and to the family. And I have to yeah. maybe put it away, you know, like to hire some space for my office and then go there like for five, six hours, just actually work and then come back, you know, to the house and maybe removing the computer even from the house would be the next step for me this year or maybe next year. Good. Again, I think it's all about kind of finding the ways which works for you. Like with three kids, that's going to be a hectic house. It's, it's going to be a happy house. Oh, of course, of man. But I, I think it's like the attention level you will need much higher this time. And especially with a newborn, like there's so much to do with the newborns. And I think, yeah, I think one of the options of actually going and, and hiring a space and maybe hiring somebody to do some work for you. I don't know. Like, again, that worked for me. Again, everybody has different systems and different ways of doing things. So you, I don't know. You, you got the office inside the house, right? Yes, I do have an office in my house. We spoke about it. Like, it is sometimes difficult that when you try to do some work and you're being pulled by wife to hoover the house or to do different things. But, <laughs> exactly. So, like, to be honest, if I would have a choice of doing this or going to nine to five or working for a company somewhere else, to be honest, I still prefer to be in the house. And I don't know, I just love the, the environment that we build for our family. And I just feel safe and I just feel very positive in my own house. Yeah, back to the discussion from the group that 
people were telling that you work so hard. But I remember you told me that before you become a wedding photographer, you used to work for some company and that you weren't present at the house, you know, like more than you are today. Yeah, that's true. So, so like I'll go away and spend time traveling to work and, and do some work that I would absolutely hate and come back from work. And then I would have whatever time left I would spend with my wife that time, which was fine to some extent. But the one thing that that taught me when I started to build my business, because it's very easy to fall into a place where, oh, I'm working from home now. So I don't have to work like, ah, look, I have to do this. I have to go for shopping. I have to do clean the house. And so I'm going to leave the work later. I think if you had a chance to work in a corporation before, you have that organization skill and kind of a time pressure skill that it actually tells you, hey, you have to get a job done because if you don't, it's just going to build up. And again, with just my amount of work that I'm undertaking every year, it's crucial that you manage your time efficiently. And if you have something to do, just get it done and don't leave it until later. Mm -hmm. And your wife is also working or she's running the house? So my wife is helping me with small things in my business, but other than that, she spends, she stays at home and, and spends time with our child. And that's, yeah, that's the great. Mm -hmm. made, decision we made uh, last year when we were talking about kind of booking amount of weddings for this season. So that was kind of the choice we made together and we are happy with it, you know? Yeah, I think it's the smart move, but sometimes people are telling to women that, all right, if you are at the house, you are not working. And I'm saying always it's a wrong thing because like staying at home is a, full-time job you know and especially when you got kids it's funny like those people that say that they should just stay with their own children in the house for a day from mm. the morning to the evening and try to manage that for one day they would appreciate how much work our ladies put into running our houses you know and we should be grateful for that and you know my wife is laughing that when i'm leaving the house for assignment let's say i'm going to shoot a wedding she's like oh you're going to relax you know to, yeah. To relax <laughs> yeah same here same here well look i think it's a good complaint that we can actually say that we do what we love mm -hmm. and we surround ourselves with very positive people at weddings which i think is super important that we live in a world or we live in a kind of a busy world and we actually have a chance to work amongst people which are super happy and super positive and they're looking great and this is a privilege our jobs are an absolute privilege to do you know yeah except the times that you are shooting the funeral for example i never had a chance to shoot that no did you shoot? no 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 i i know the guy who did and he was telling me things that it's completely different you know than than weddings well it's still capturing emotions i think of course well, obviously different type of emotions but that's what you focus on again like that would be interesting experience to do you know okay maybe in the future Let's hope that you weren't the one who's not alive at this time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, okay. And, you know, you are shooting so many weddings and I'm happy to hear some stories from the season, from this season, actually. Did you have any like inspiring destinations assignments or something was new for you this year? So like every wedding that I approach, I always try to approach it with kind of a fresh eye and a kind of open heart to make sure that I listen carefully to people, what they say and, and try to figure out family connections as quick as possible. I, I don't mean family connections by mom, dad and so on. Just kind of what kind of relationships they do have between each other. And that's really settles the whole story for the entire day. I did have a couple of destinations this year, which was something new to me as well this year but there is one very recent destination work I did that was in France and I was invited to shoot a wedding there and making that sh story very short um, a groom had two daughters aged 7 and 10 and he was marrying obviously his bride-to-be his wife-to-be and I don't know what was the backstory with his previous wife if she died or if she walked away or what was there the special connection I saw between him and his kids and the bride-to-be 
there was something special, maybe because I'm a very recent father as well. And I'm looking at those connections very differently. And this is, I think that's what struck me very much because I saw myself in the groom, in that person, because I just saw that special connection with people. And I think one of the most important images that day in my career. And I think that days like that helps us to refocus and understand what our jobs are about. It was really powerful day, even though, and to be honest, it doesn't matter if that was a destination or a local wedding. I think it was really important for me to witness what I saw. And I think this is a quite funny thing. There was a reason why I was there on that wedding, you know? Mm -hmm. And from what you are saying that, okay, that kind of experience shape the way we see world, right? It's like every assignments like this is changing our approach to the stuff we are doing. And pretty sure you change your approach from the moment you start shooting, like let's say from the first wedding and like the way you're shooting right now. Yeah, it's great you mentioned that another layer to it. I would say the way we experience our lives and what we know about anything really shapes us how we shoot weddings as well. So it's not just how we see things i would say it's also down to our personal, our personal okay mm-hmm. yeah our kind of how we see the world and how we see our families grow and how we connect with our moms and dads and so on and i think we are able to focus on those elements depending on, on our own experiences again as i mentioned like when i was starting weddings i didn't have a kid and when i saw kids at a wedding it's like ah sure just a kid you know mm-hmm. but now when i'm shooting weddings i'm drawn to kids because i just see how important part of the whole story they are it's not just that they're running around and they're happy it's just that they are the next generation that we want to capture on the images as well for sure this will be your future clients as well <laughs> possibly yeah <laughs> yeah if you look from the business perspective i never thought about it it's actually i actually write it no write it was it a joke yeah. <laughs> i'll twist it to, to make it into work <laughs> yeah yeah so you can deliver business cards to kids yeah to remind them in 20 years just contact me and by the way are you seeing yourself as a wedding photographer in 20 years I or you never myself, thought about it i see myself as a photographer i can't tell you if i'll be a professional photographer okay what i mean by professional i mean by it's like a, earning a, money mm-hmm. earning money from that i think photography is inside us as in it's once we learn how to see the world through photography it cannot be unseen it's just once we understand how the light works and all that it's very hard to forget about it you know once you see the light all around without actually touching the camera this is i think this is something beautiful that we have the skill that you can learn yourself i am seeing myself in 20 years time shooting some sort of work funny thing you mentioned that like this year because of such a big such a high level season high high workload season i had i am drawn more and more to business side and developing ideas and growing ideas and growing businesses and that's something that i'm getting focused now very slowly and the great thing about that is photography helped me to do that because if not for photography i would not be able to grow my business and i would not be able to see how interested i am in actually in the market in the business aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And before we were on air, we were talking about this marketing and business side of photography. Maybe we will continue this subject later on. But, you know, the question I have in my mind is about burnout. It's very common that people who shoot so many assignments, which are very similar, let's be honest. I know that every photographer is claiming that, oh, every wedding is different. Every couple is different. But mm-hmm. it's kind of, okay, it's a marketing talk. But the approach of photographer shall be similar to every Every wedding. So do you deal with something like burnout or not yet? come back to that burnout in a second I would agree that the layout of the days are very similar and that's how, so from the layout perspective from the from the organization perspective of the day, it's the same and I absolutely I will agree with this 
but I'm not going to agree with the fact that people are all different. Like people are all different and we have to approach every single person in a very personal way, which means in a very different way because some people are happy, open and bubbly. Some people are quiet, shy, and that just shows that you have to deal with those personalities very differently. So from that point of view, weddings are different. Everything Now you have patterns where people are very similar to each other and you have your own ways of dealing with those types of people, but it's still, they have different family connections. Some parents are divorced. Some parents are not there. Some grandma's not there. All those kind of little important things to them that may not be important to us because I was just there to capture. But if you start to live the day with how they feel about it and how they have their family connections, it actually becomes very different. Every wedding becomes very different. When it comes to burnout, before our podcast, I was actually wondering if you were going to ask for that because like 75 or 80 weddings, that's a lot of work. And you may say, Jesus Christ, you will be burned out after such an amount of work. And I was trying to figure out what drives me to stay on top of it and it keeps me to enjoy what, what I do. And apart from people, I think Ireland is a very specific little country, which the main positive aspect of this country is people. People here are exceptional. Anywhere I went in Europe or the rest of the world to visit and, and meet other people, Ireland has a very special element here, which are people. People are very welcoming. They're very open. They're very happy about it, about just living, you know, and being grateful for what they have, you know. And this, I think, if you think about people which are like that every day and then bring those people to a wedding where they're going to celebrate their wedding and they're not shy about the emotions and they are happy, I think that will drive me our weddings. Now, as you said, your wife said that you're going to relax at our wedding. That's exactly what I do because weddings in Ireland are just so happy celebrations. They're just so loaded with a lot of positivity. There's not really much stress going on. People are really enjoying themselves. And when I'm enjoying myself, people accept me in their environment as well. So it's really easy for me to get into the crowd of people and being accepted and just shoot what I see and what I feel. And I think because it's in Ireland, I think this is one of the big elements of that because just of the people, how they interact with each other. Now, if I will be shooting 70 weddings in, I don't know, Poland, France, Germany, whatever, it doesn't matter where, would that be the same thing? I don't know because it's all down to people and see if people are equally happy and same and open. I think the open, being open to to others and the strangers because we are strangers for our weddings. But people are very open from the very first minute you talk to them. Yeah. So the people is the factor that drives you. And the moment you were telling me about the people, I saw a photographer. Let's say it's a random photographer, not you exactly. But and I thought, okay, the photographer should be like a politician, you know, because you are dealing with different parties over there. And you have to switch the approach, you know, between those parties. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's funny you mention that because my wife quite often witnessed me talking to my brides and grooms over the phone before a wedding. And she goes, do you know what? You switch completely. Like you change completely over the phone. You sound completely different to what I am at home. She goes like, what is it? Like at home, you're very calm and, and kind of just calm, you know, and, and, and happy. But when you're over the phone with the bride or groom, you're kind of hyped up and kind of getting positive and getting very emotional and getting very hyped up. So like getting a lot of positive energy and kind of a lot of good vibe. And it's like, why can't you be like that all the time? It's like, it's funny you mention it because I don't notice it, but it's, I suppose it's all about the masks that we put on, depends on where what we do and where we are. We have roles to play. And I suppose weddings are just another place where we have to play our own role of being a photographer. But being a photographer is not just being a guy with a camera. It's a being your personality, bringing to the day and making 
that they I just an even bear for them. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mention at the beginning of our conversation that you are from Poland, and I'm always thinking that leaving your hometown, your country, might be difficult for some people. So, how many years do you live in Ireland right now? It's probably twelve years now. Twelve years. Okay, so you left like after the high school? Yeah, shortly after high school. Yeah. Okay, and it wasn't your intention to start the wedding photography business out there. Well, look, if you decide to leave your country, you don't really know what you're going to do. You know, I was young. I didn't know what I want from life. And so I just left. I went to Ireland and obviously I started to work in various places and it was okay. But then I think a year later I met my future wife and this is where it started to always talking about developing yourself and growing as a person, growing all the time, don't stop in one place. And I suppose our drive for being happy and growing all the time drove us to where we are today. You know, I think every little thing that happens in our life has meaning and that just showed that because I had to come in here because I had to meet my wife and we are on the journey together now and mm-hmm. that is incredible. And I remember we were talking about our experience, life experience is the thing that shape our vision, our photography vision in that sense. And I'm thinking that, all right, so you are from other country and you are living in Ireland. So is it possible that people hire you because you've got different sort of photography vision? Do you think it I, might be possible? To be honest, and I think that comes back to this country as being a very open country mm-hmm. too different nationalities and so on. I don't think we are being picked for a wedding based on nationality or where we are coming from. I think we are all being picked based on who we are today and what do we represent and how we approach weddings. And I think this is the main key factor in here. Again, being in Ireland is very helpful because people are open. It will be actually interesting to see how popular are local photographers which are from different country in Poland for example I, I know we had a podcast with a guy from Ukraine I think mm-hmm. and to be honest because I know Poland and I know kind of the personalities there as well I was really surprised to see that people from different country are Succeed. able to successful business you know which is wow kudos to them like absolutely fair play to them I think it's a deeper subject and um, we could talk about tax system, you know, is the thing <laughs> that that we fight with, you know, in a daily life in Poland. But let's maybe leave this subject because it's, it's like hardcore. <laughs> I was thinking that, all right, so you are in Ireland and you said you met your wife over there and she's very supportive for you. So what's the next step for you guys? Is like the only thing you do, the wedding photography, or are you planning something bigger? Yeah, so next year for me, when it comes to weddings, probably should less for more again. That was my approach from the very start. Shoot less for more. Obviously this year didn't work out. It was just shooting more for more. But next year, yes. So shoot even less for even more and kind of limit myself to kind of a happy number of 60 weddings. And then next year we are also doing a wedding photography and videography conference in Ireland, which I think is pretty amazing because this is a very first conference of that type in this country. All right. And it's called Islanders, right? It's called Islanders. Yes. Islanders. Yes. All right. So can you tell me a little bit more about this idea? How it's grown in your head, this you know idea of organizing the conference? I think the conference came about at the right moment. So the idea has grew from the very moment where we finished a workshop in, in Ireland. So we did a workshop in Ireland last year. And at the very end of it, we said, hey, guys, you know what? We're going to actually organize a conference. And there was nothing like that done here before. There wasn't really big workshops being brought over to this country because Ireland is small and maybe the market is a bit smaller. But I think... As a photographers and videographers, we built a great community in this country and we love to hang around each other and we would do monthly meetups and, and, and do Christmas parties and so on. So 
like we are kind of a happy supportive industry here and we just like i just decided hey why not to do a conference obviously there are conferences out there around europe and they're all very successful and i can actually say now how much hard work goes into planning such an event but what we decided to do is we wanted to bring photographers and videographers together because i think that's the two even though two different types of work i think we experience same things at weddings that's one element the second element i, I think is social element as i mentioned ireland is very specific when it comes to people irish people have very specific sense of humor that most of people may not get it but it's really edgy it's really funny and i think having that social element of the conference it was very crucial for me i'm experience driven. I sell experience to my couples and this is what I want to do with this conference as well. I want to make sure everybody have an amazing experience. Yeah, so that's the key element. Have a great experience for people and socialize and come to Ireland if somebody comes from abroad. Yeah, simply like that. So we found the speakers for the conference and why those people? Why not some different? So we went for those speakers because my thought process was I want to get speakers from Europe. I didn't want to get speakers from any other markets because because I just believe with no disrespect to other markets, I think the market in States is somewhat different to, to what we have, even in Ireland or in Europe, even when it comes to prices or the our personalities and so on. And I just thought that if we bring just the European speakers and people that are really successful in the markets in Europe, that was kind of the key element. Apart from that, I wanted to make sure we have a lot of local elements. And another big element of the conference is the local speakers. So the most of the speakers are actually local. Uh, they are a very successful photographers and videographers from Ireland and Northern Ireland. Sorry to interrupt, but um, I was talking to one photographer not long ago, but um, he said, all right, when you have the big names like for the conference, yeah, like superstars that are people are, uh, you know, drive to here and they sometimes uh, those big names, they won't say you something which will inspire you. And for the surprise, there is also possible that, okay, the photographer you didn't know before, he will tell you some things which will change your life. And I'm pretty sure you, you found those people as well for your conference. Yeah, I think it's all about finding the right balance. I think it's about finding people that are successful out there, but yet they're able to share a bit of inspiration and share a bit of knowledge, sharing their own experience and their own thoughts. But at the same time, because we are having guests, so, so when we talk about the audience who's attending the conference, it's people that want to improve or they're only starting out or they're a couple of years in the business, but they don't know where to go. I think it's very important to address that. And instead of bringing just all stars to bring actually people that we can all connect with and say, Hey, he's actually, she was actually in the same place two years ago where I am now. And he's there now. So it is doable. It's just hard work or whatever else it takes to get there. And I think that was the big thing to actually recognize who our audience is and who's going to benefit and how they can benefit from listening to the speakers and what type of speaker we should bring for the conference. So yeah, and all that comes to the experience. It's nothing more to go into a conference and then come out very unhappy because you didn't hear what you wanted to hear. I think this is the big thing that, that people will be able to relate to the information and content that our speakers will share. Right now, I'm looking at your We Are Islanders website and I see you got amazing photographers who will be speakers at the conference. And let's say I see Ross Harvey. Was it hard to convince Ross to come to your conference or you guys know each other? No, that was pretty simple. I said, look, it's a party. Well, let's talk about the dates because Islanders conference happens at the very end of the bank holiday weekend. And mm -hmm. I'm sure you know what the St. Patrick's Parade is, St. Patrick's Day is. So basically, we said to Ross, hey, Ross, you can come into a St. Patrick's 
weekends over here to Ireland a few days before the conference and then join us in for the conference. I think it's great to have Ross and I'm really looking forward to meet Ross in, in person when he comes to us in, in March. Again, I think he's a great example of pushing your boundaries, pushing your mindset and developing your skill sets. It's what it takes to become a successful person, you know? Yeah, I heard Ross speech this year and I'm pretty sure he will inspire a lot of people during your conference as well. Uh, he's a great guy. So big up for choosing him to be a part of the conference. Did you figure out all the names by yourself or you had some advice from other photographers? I would do my research. So so I would talk to even local speakers, some of the speakers that are speakers at the conference. I would talk to them and see who they would like to see. It's just kind of work now. But, and then we did contact so many more people. But then see, this is thing. People have their own lives and sometimes just the days wouldn't work, you know. So, so we are happy with speakers that we have and we are so proud that they're all coming to Islanders and they're going to represent us and they'll be able to share the knowledge with the Irish audience, not just Irish audience, but audience in Ireland. It's going to be super awesome to, to have them here with us. Yeah. And for me, you know, making connection with other photographers who are attending the conference is even more important than the conference itself, you know, because possibilities of, you know, talking in person to some photographers is just really inspiring. And from my perspective, I would say it's uh, okay. The speakers are one factor, but, you know, meeting so many other photographers like attendees is the big thing as well. And how many people are, you know, do you expect to come to listen at the conference? We expect to have 250 people to come in in total for the conference. And the great thing that you mentioned about social aspect, we put in a lot of effort and a lot of focus on the social elements. So we want to make sure that not just conference is enjoyable and is a, is a great experience itself, but we do give an option for people to socialize. We give an option to people to socialize. So we looked after all the social evenings, the photo walk that we planned on the first day before the registration starts. So we did look into uh, many aspects of making sure that the conference is a great experience. The thing is, everything happens in one place. So like the conference is happening in one place. We had the bars and restaurants and the ballrooms. Everything is in one place, in one venue. It's super easy for us to, from the organization point of view, but it's super handy for everybody that comes in because you don't have to go and look for groups who is hanging around where everything is happening in that place and you can just come in and you can be pretty much sure that you're going to meet somebody from the conference. And on the other hand, we went beyond that and we wanted to make sure that people are looked after when it comes to sleepovers as well. So we do secure some special deals with the hotels, which are within two minutes walk from the conference venue. So again, making sure everybody has a great experience and they don't have to look for things that are not really important. You want to just come in and enjoy the whole process. You want to enjoy those two, three days and that's what we want to achieve that people don't have to worry about silly things. And I remember you mentioned that there is an option to do something one day before the big conference starts. Can you say something about this photo walk or the small workshops? What yes. is this? So what, okay. So what we plan to do is the conference will be on Tuesday, Wednesday, on the 20th and 21st of March. What we plan to do on the 19th, which is the Monday after the weekend, we plan to have two different things. So one thing, which is a free, which is included in the price of the ticket is a photo walk. So we plan to do a photo walk with two local photographers, which happens to have another type of a podcast here in Ireland. So they're going to take you across the Kilkenny. The Kilkenny is a town where we're going to have a conference. They're going to have a walk with the attendees and you can go for, for local coffees, local castles and, and have a look what's around here to see. But also, we also came up with an idea that we can host a couple of workshops as well. So you can just purchase a ticket for the conference and come in for a photo walk on Monday and then come in for the registration in the evening and hang around in the pub. Or you can come in for a full day Monday for a workshop with a couple of the speakers. All the details are on 
on our website. And I think I think we try to look after both types of people. So so we looked after for people that did, they just want to come in for a conference, have a great time with and socialize and experience the whole lot. And we looked after the people that would like to get some extra knowledge or maybe they want to hear some of the speakers actually talking in a more intimate space. So, so that's what we wanted to achieve with that as well. Yeah, so all the details people can find on your website. And yeah, I must admit the website is very good. You can have the information like what you can do in Ireland. Let's say if you are coming to the conference like a few days before. And actually, this is, I this is, this is the big thing I think with the, with the conference because it's Ireland and especially for people from states. Ireland is on the bucket list to come in. It's a place to visit in a lifetime, you know. And the conference is happening in the very back of the St. Patrick's weekend. Why not to use that? Why not to you come in on a few days before and visit the St. Patrick's parade in Dublin, which is the biggest probably parade in the world, and then have a great weekend in Dublin, and then come over on Monday morning to either a workshop or the photo walk and spend another extra few days in Ireland. I think that was the whole process of experience and look after local people that are willing to come down, but also give an option to people come from abroad to, hey, there is a conference happening, but if you want, you can come in a few days before and see something superb. The thing which strikes my interest here is that we have a lot of new conference every year in Europe. I would like to hear from you why the photographers should decide to attend Islanders conference. What makes it different than any other conference we have in Europe? I know it's a hard question, but uh, you mentioned this, the social elements is going in one venue. Okay, there's a lot of conferences around Europe and in the world that are run by successful people and they're run extremely well. And to be honest, just from my experience now of organizing a conference, I can see how much hard work and sweat goes into throwing to such an event. I think every single conference around Europe is amazing and it's worth attending. Why Islanders and not any other conference? I think we care about the social elements and I think we care about the experience elements. And because it's an island and people are somewhat open and happy and, and positive, I think it's super interesting to come up to something new that wasn't done before. We are doing that for the very first time and maybe it's a time to give a chance to something new that is happening in, in Europe and because it's Ireland, Ireland is amazing as, as a small little country and why not to come in and visit it? I would totally agree with you even if some people are attended some uh, conference before. I think finding a new conference is amazing because you can really actually meet some other people, you know, like from Ireland for sure because I'm expecting that most of the people over there will be Irish, right? Or you expect some people from other countries? No, we do have people from all around the Europe. So we have people coming from Italy, from Germany, from Israel even. So we have, like, from what we see, from what sort of a tickets we sold, we pretty much cater for many Ireland. Then we have quite a lot of photographers from UK, Northern Ireland, and then the rest of Europe as well. So let's say someone is listening to the podcast right now, and is there any hope that he or she can buy a ticket as well? Or you, you sold out already? We sold over 50% of tickets at this stage so so we are on a great path to have a conference a great success like we decided to create a special discount code for all your listeners so if anybody wants to get a 50 euro off ticket conference they can just use a code the delicious 50 at the checkout and they're gonna get 50 euro off and again we encourage people to join our facebook group because we have built a great little community there that, that we are actually enjoying time and we're sharing knowledge and sharing our experiences and it's great to be there as well so yeah i think it's worth come down and 
experience something new and see how Irish people have great time. Yeah, great. Thank you for the quote. I will put the information about the discount in a podcast notes. So go there to check it out. Thank you, Tomas. I'm pretty sure you are willing to go to Ireland and to meet Tomas in person and to see the man who's shooting around 80 weddings and at the same time organizing the conference and being still alive and happy person. So I think this will be worth it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I think there's more interesting people here to come in to meet. I'm just kind of a person putting all that together, you know, and I do enjoy the process of putting that all that together. But like, it's all about meeting as many people as possible when they come down. And I'm really can't wait to I can't wait to march. Honestly, it's going to be a great few days for all of us. Okay. I think the time is limited in this podcast and we pretty much covered all the stuff I was planning. So thank you, Tomasz, for being my guest in the show. Thank you, Jesse, for having me again. It was great to see you after a couple of months when we recorded the, the first podcast. And yeah, I hope that people will find some interesting knowledge or information. In yeah, what exactly. I If you got any questions to Tomasz, please ask him at our delicious podcast Facebook group. He's over there. So just shoot him a question. He will answer for sure. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please leave a comment on our Delicious Podcast Facebook group and let us know what you think. Also, if you have any friends that are photographers, share the link to the podcast with them. Our goal is to build big community of open-minded photographers and to deliver as much knowledge and value as we simply can. So when you share this content with your friends, you can make huge impact in our delicious mission.